The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. I heard a football player that I can't remember who he is. He's one of the Cowboys uh, in the backfield. He's a safety or cornerback or something. They asked him what he thought about Thanksgiving. He said, why do I need a special day to, to tell my girlfriend I love her? And uh, the, the announcer said that, and, and the player said, oh, man, I'm so glad you put that on the air. You know, he knew he'd going to get some mileage out of that uh, with his girlfriend. And that's kind of true. Uh, why do we have to set aside a special day? But anyway, wherever that started, I didn't go back and look at the history of all that and see where it originated. But what, where, where do you think we're going to be today talking about love? All right, Corinthians 13. 13. Can any, 1 Corinthians 13. Without turning there, can anyone quote that? All right, come on up here. You want me to close my Bible? All right, it's closed. Step on up there where they can hear you. Well, wait a minute, that's not even on. <laughs> now it is. Thank you, Keaton. Uh, Keaton was, uh, of course, that's Keaton Wicks. That's Colton and Katie's oldest son. <clears throat> By the way, my oldest sister's here today, if y'all didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't prepared to come up here this morning, but just through the grapevine, I heard that he had quoted that on Wednesday night, and I said, I'm preaching on that Sunday. I said, I think I'm going to see if I can get him to do that, and he did a great job, and I really appreciate that. <clears throat> out of the King James is where he quoted that. <clears throat> I'm going to read some out of the NIV <coughs> this morning, but thinking about uh, Valentine's Day and thinking about uh, love, and we're going to kind of uh, not really tie all of that together, but we're, we're just kind of going to talk about love today. 
uh, because it is kind of the season of love or the month of love, and it's something I think that uh, is fresh on our minds. What I want you to do this morning is uh, when, you, uh, when you recognize this song, if you know this song, then uh, just, uh, just say, oh, I know that. You don't have to say it. You don't have to sing it, but listen to the words. You must understand through the touch of the hand, uh, you make my pulse react. Does anybody recognize it yet? Uh, that it's the only thrill of a boy meeting girl that opposites attract. It's physical. It's only logical. Anybody recognize that yet? One or two? You will all probably recognize this song. Uh, you must try to ignore uh, that it means anything more than that. Now, I want to put it all back together. Listen to this closely. You must understand that through the touch of your hand, it makes my pulse react, that it's only the thrill of a boy that meeting girl that opposites attract. It's physical. It's only logical. It's only physical. And you must try to ignore that it means more than that. Christopher? Does everybody know that? Or everybody a little bit know that? Uh, so here's the bad thing: is you're going to leave here today, and uh, somebody's going to say, "What did Jake preach about?" I don't know, but you that like, what's love got to do? <clears throat> what's love got to do with any of that? You hear what the message is there? Love don't have anything to do with any of that. It's just an emotion. It's physical. It's logical. Uh, it's just a secondhand emotion. That's Tina Turner. What's love got to do with that? Now listen and see if you recognize this. Maybe, maybe fewer people, which there were but a handful of you, but pretty much everybody knew the chorus. Uh, there's nothing that you do that can't be done. Boy, these are weirdos right here now. And just to try to understand what the words are. There's nothing you can do that can't be done. There's nothing you can sing that can't be sung. Who recognizes it already? few people. Uh, so who is it? The Beatles. Uh, nothing that you can sing that can't be sung. Uh, you can say it, but you can't learn it. How do you play the game? It's easy. Uh, nothing you can make that can't be made. No one you can say that can't be saved. Nothing you can do, uh, but you can learn uh, to be you in time it's easy now nothing you can do that can't be done nothing you can sing that can't be sung nothing that you can say but you can learn how to play the game it's easy nothing you can make that can't be made no one you can save that can't be saved nothing you can do but you can learn how to be you in time it's easy now here's what you'll recognize now does everybody recognize that so we've talked about the Beatles. We've talked about Tina Turner. Can y'all believe that? But if you look at there's two different sides to that story, isn't there? We have one that's singing, love is nothing but a secondhand emotion. What's it got to do with anything? What's it got to do other than just physical and logical thought? Uh, what's a heart? It's just something to be broken. The other side of the coin is 
Uh, all you need is love. You can do anything. All you, all you have to have is love. Now, I don't know where you fall in that spectrum this morning, but uh, I want us to think about those two songs this morning, and hopefully you'll remember something more than uh, when we started this. Jeremy says, I've already got that song stuck in my head. What love got to do with it? You know, so this morning, I guess you can tap your foot and think about that. But uh, through all of that, what's love got to do with it? And, and that's kind of the title of my message this morning. Jonathan Swift, he's the author of Gulliver's, Gulliver's Travels. He says, we have just enough religion to make us hate and not enough religion to make us love one another. And this passage today, it goes deeper than, than just those words that shows us love is an action, that between faith and hope, that the love is the greatest thing that we have. And this text deals with divisions that existed in the church in Corinth. Now, we're not going to get way off into that, but uh, the examples of that, the, the memberships were abusing the gifts of tongues. There was a division uh, that existed in the church, that existed in public meetings. They were, they were jealous of one another's gifts, and uh, they, they had no patience for the other members of the church. All of those things were happening. They, uh, they were happening in public meetings, and because of this, uh, it was a disgrace to the Lord, and, and they were suing each other. And uh, I, want to, I want to suggest today that love has a lot to do with it. And it had a lot to do with it here as Paul's writing this church and thinking about without love, what would happen if, if there's no love? And in the membership of the church, if there's no love, there's no ministries. If there's no love, there's no teaching, there's no training. Without the love for God, there's no growth. And, and what I'm suggesting this morning is that without love, the church is just a ghost town. Without love, the church is just a, a building with people who come to a gathering not much different than going to the country club for a meal with someone and, and really not having anything other than a, a group meeting because love, it brings all of those things together. So, so I think love has a great deal to do with it and, and what we need is love and that's all we need is love. And, and the verse that, that Keaton read to us or quoted us this morning, it, it talks about love and what love is and the need that we have for love. Now, I've preached on this before. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but, but the three different kinds of love, and actually you can throw in four. We're just going to look at three. The, the love phileo, the love of emotion. That's, a, that's one type of love. That's an emotional type love. The eros, which is a love between like a boyfriend and a girlfriend or a husband and a wife. And then this agape love, this, this unconditional love of devotion, this, this never-ending love. And that's the love I want us to talk about this morning. Over in John chapter 13, uh, Jesus says, I'm giving you a new commandment. This is verse 34. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, and that also you love one another. And by this, men will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. When, when Jesus says, I give you this commandment, he's not talking about uh, that phileo love or that eros love. He's talking about that agape love. So we've been talking about the commandments of Christ, and we kind of wrapped that up last week. And, and uh, as this week of love, I thought, well, let's just move this right on into this and, and think about the commandment that Christ gave us and this new commandment he gave us that we would love one another. And there's about three things I want us to talk about. There's a whole lot more than this that we can could add to it, but simply for the, the benefit of time, we're not going to do that. But I want to talk about some things that love do, does 
I started to say that love does, so I don't know that may not be right, but, but some things that love does. Uh, and, and the first is this, love enriches. Now, what I want to think about, the context of the church and also the context of your relationship at home with your wife or even with your girlfriend is, is love enriches. In the body of Christ, there's a, there's a lot of different gifts. And, and Paul stresses the need that we have, uh, that we have all of these gifts, and we can have every gift in the world, but if we don't have uh, love with those gifts, we're just making a noise. We're just, we're just like that, that gong or that clanging cymbal if, if we don't have love. And in other words, for our ministries to be effective, for our, our, whatever our ministry is as individuals, as a church, for it to be effective, it has to be love. And, and if there's no love without love, it's, it's just a whole lot of noise. Let me try this. Y'all know this song? My Jesus, I love thee. That's a song, isn't it? It's kind of thin, isn't it, with just one person. So, J.C., I want you to come up here. <clears throat> now, I don't have the words here. <clears throat> oh, you've got them over here. <clears throat> and my voice is kind of going, so, all right, let's try it. Somewhere around there. My Jesus, I love thee. That's pretty good, isn't it? A little better. Carolyn, come on. Uh, oh, Marilyn, come on. Doug, Jim. Oh, everybody, like you're in the classroom. Tina, everybody looks at the ground and goes, oh, don't call on me. Anybody else? I didn't exclude anybody, but I've sang with all of these people that's up here at some point in the past. So it's number 210. <clears throat> now, we're going to start somewhere, but let's, let's sing. Y'all sing out. We just got one mic, so this is an radio show. Just kind of gather around here. Oh, I'll turn this one off. <laughs> I don't want to blow. Now, what did you hear there? Anybody? There was some harmony there, wasn't it? 
And that's what we were shooting for this morning. So we, we took a, a pretty good cross-section of the church. And like I say, I think we could have chose a lot of you. I, I've, I hear uh, on Sundays a lot of times when we are singing a cappella, there's so much harmony here and so many voices here. And, and what happened is we took a song and one person singing it, it was a little hollow. It was a little empty. But when we started coming together, it began to enrich that song, didn't it? And, and when we all got up here, sopranos and altos and tenors and baritone and bass and all of those parts begin to come together and they begin to hold out their notes and we begin to sing, we, we begin to produce some harmony together. And when we think about love in the church and we think about love enriching the church, that's what we do as a church. When we all begin to come together and we begin to enrich one another in our lives and in our ministries, then we begin to have harmony within the church. And thinking about our ministries, such as our youth ministry, our, our women's ministry, our children's ministry, or uh, the, the music ministry, whatever it may be, our, our prayer partners, our ushers, our deacons, our, our uh, mothers in the group, when, when we all begin to play our roles and when we begin not to play a game, but we begin to fulfill our roles in the church, then we have a great deal of harmony within the church. And, and when we come together, the ministry of the church is, is proclaiming the message of Jesus Christ. And that should be our goal and, and that should be uh, our, our aim is as a church in harmony that we all have the same ministry, that we all have the same goal. And I think when we fail to do that, when we fail to have that love, then, then that harmony falls apart. And when that harmony falls apart, the ministry in the church falls apart. Because who wants to come be a part of something that's not in harmony? Who wants to come be a part of something where there's a group going this direction, there's a group going this direction, there's a group pulling in this direction, and you come on and you have four or five different people saying, hey, this is my ideal, and this is my ideal, and why don't we do this, and let's try this, and let's do this. Those things are fine as long as we're pulling in the same direction. We have harmony within the church, and, and love takes those things. It takes the things that I'm gifted in. It takes the things that you're gifted in, and, and it brings us together, and it's the harmony in the church Paul calls it the body of Christ. He says we all have many members, we all have different functions, but when we come together, we work in harmony or we work as the body of Christ. And that's why it's important, folks, for us to be a part of the local church, for us to be involved in the ministries of the local church that we might be in harmony with one another. You know, I, I would love to sing this old low dog bass. Jim can get on down there with the bass sometimes. And, and I would even love to sing that alto, I mean, that a soprano part. You know, that real high singing. That, but I can't do all of those parts. I, I can get them out, but it sounds terrible. You know, so I, I, I just sing lead. That's just the easiest line in there. You know, I just sing, I just sing lead. And, and when everybody else starts doing their part, that's where it comes together. If I'd have said, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to sing tenor. Well, I, I can't sing tenor. So, so I'm working against the harmony within the church. And, and it's important for us, if we just say, well, I'm going to drop out because I'm not a tenor, I'm not going to be a part. Well, the, the harmony in the church suffers. So as we think about love, remember that that, that love, it, it comes and it brings harmony within the church. Now, just quickly, within marriage, the same is true, isn't it? When we in marriage, when we begin to live a life of harmony with each other, 
when we begin to fulfill our purposes for one another, when we begin to put others' needs before ourselves, that, that the body might be built up, when that, that we might uh, love one another, then, then we, get to, we get to pull in the same direction, then we have harmony within our marriage. Here's the second thing. Love edifies. You know, knowledge can, can puff us up, but Paul stresses that, that as we love in the church, as we ought to love in the church, that, that we wouldn't be selfish. We wouldn't be about our own ideals or getting ahead. Remember what's happening at the church at Corinth? They have, these, they have their ideals about they're suing one another. They have no patience with one another. They're, they're keeping a record of all the wrongs that one another's have done. And, and because of that, the, the church is not edified. It's not being lifted up. And, and Paul says when we have that, we don't have a, a church that loves one another. Now, folks, I always just want to say this. I'm not saying, if you're sitting there this morning thinking, oh, my goodness, we got some problems in the church. No, we don't have problems in the church. But the thing is, if we want to be God's body within the church, within the community, if we want to, if we want to be the church that God calls us to be, if we have any other motivation other than love, then we're missing out. We're missing what God wants us to be. Love will, love will not put another brother or sister in court. That's what Paul was saying. Is, is you're, you're suing, you're dragging people into court. It'll be patient enough to work out problems rather than just saying we're going we're gonna to dismiss it, we're going to start a division, but it, it becomes patient. Love doesn't keep that, that record of wrongs. Folks, that's hard to do, isn't it? Thinking about it practically within the home, I think sometimes we, we, we view our, our wrongs of, of each other as a scale, and, and we say, okay, now she's done this wrong, so, so uh, I've got a little wrong I can do, and I'm going to balance the scales back out. We're, we're kind of going to try to keep it on, a, on an even keel, and, and that's why Paul says, wait a minute, we don't need to keep a record of those things. You know, I told you about that, that couple that says, well, every time we get in an argument, my wife gets historical. And they mean, you mean hysterical? No, I mean historical. She goes to dig stuff up from the past, and, and maybe that can go both ways. But, but Paul says we need to edify one another. Listen to what he says in Ephesians 4.26. He says, be angry. Are we going to get angry with one another sometimes? That's your part. This is your chance to be in harmony. We're going to get angry sometimes. If I keep you till three today, will you be angry? Yeah, <laughs> one honest person, two honest people. Yes, I would be angry. So Paul says, in your anger, be angry, but do not sin. And, and don't let the sun go down on your wrath. He says, be kind to one another. Be tender-hearted to one another, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. In a practical sense, that's, that's what we need to do in the, the home. We need to strive to build one another up. In the church, we need to edify the church. We need to edify one another. Why, how can we do that? We, we do that through love. This next point, I, I, uh, the, y'all know Peanuts, the cartoon, and, and uh, the, the Snoopy and the Charlie Brown and all of those things. We, we watch the, the Charlie Brown Christmas every year. Yeah, I know it's not Christmas, but it, uh, it's Christmas time, and Lucy comes out where Charlie Brown is standing, and he says, Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. She says, Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown, and tis the season of peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Therefore, I suggest we forget all our differences and love one another. 
and Charlie Brown, whose face lights up and said, That's wonderful, Lucy. I'm so glad you said that, but I'll tell you, or I ask you, do we have to love each other only this time of the year? Why can't we love each other all year long? To which Lucy replies, what, are you a fanatic or something? I think that's, I think that's where we are sometimes. Are you some kind of fanatic? Are you in the church, are you some kind of fanatic? Because love endures. Love endures. We receive uh, different gifts at Valentine's Day. Some of you probably got some, uh, maybe some flowers, or some of you went out to eat. We went out to eat as a church, and we had a, a good crowd, and we had a good time. Some may have, some may have got a card. Some of you may have took a, a special vacation, or somebody, you may have got a hug or a kiss or some kind words or uh, boxes of chocolates or something that's not listed here. But whatever, uh, the truth is the matter is, is for that moment... When you, when you received whatever that, that was, you had a smile on your face from ear to ear. Oh, how sweet that was. How nice that was. And, and the, the problem is we, we kind of move past that sometimes. And even as a church, we, we sometimes we'll get, we'll get fired up about something, some ministry. We'll get involved, and, and uh, that, that newness or that niceness kind of wears off, and, and we kind of lose it. And, and all of a sudden, it's just not there anymore. Kind of like a new toy at Christmas. You know, you, you get in the excitements there and you play with it. And then, you know, after a little while, it just kind of dies down. That kind of happens around Valentine's Day. You know, after a, a week or, or a day or two or a month or two or maybe 30 minutes later, you know, it just kind of, it just kind of fizzled out. But, but Paul says, hey, the kind of love Christ wants us to have is that kind of love that endures I mean, it, it presses on. It, it moves on past that few hours, and it's continuous. It's that fanatical kind of love that, that we're going to love even as Christ loved the church and, and how he loves us. Paul says that I, I know some of you arguing over leadership, and, and in that church they were, they, were, they, were, they were arguing about who's going to be the leader, and I'm the leader, and you're the leader. And he says we, we, you, you're focused on that, but you need to love the, the person that called the leader. You need, to, you need to love Christ, and, uh, you know, I heard that you feel like you, you do that all the time, that you, you, you're all this in a bag of chips. He's talking to this church, and, and you've lost sight of that, that it, love endures those things. He, he says, how can you speak in tongues? How can you prophesy? How can you do all of these things and miss the key ingredient, which is love? And so what's love got to do with it? I, I think love's got the whole thing to do with it. When we think about the church and we think about this time of year, I want to encourage you to think about what love is. And as we've already heard this morning, I want to, I want to revisit this. Jesus said that, that we can't speak and we can't share and we can't be successful in ministry without love. Starting in verse 4 of 1 Corinthians, and I'm going to go ahead and, and use the King James as, as we heard earlier. That word charity, that's love. If you have any other translation, it probably says love. But, but charity suffers long and it's kind. It envies not. It doesn't puff itself up or build itself up. It doesn't behave unseemingly, nor does it seek its own. It's not easily angered, easily provoked. Love thinks the best. That's kind of tough on us sometimes. Don't we usually think the worst? But love thinks the best. It thinketh not evil. 
It doesn't rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Charity never faileth. But where there's prophecies, they'll fail, and where there's tongues, they'll be ceased, and whether there be knowledge, it'll vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part will be done away with. And when I was a child, I spoke as a child, and I understood as a child, and though as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, and know in part, but then shall I know, even also am I known. And here's the last thing, now abideth in faith, hope, and love. In these three, but the greatest of these is charity, or the greatest of these is love. There's a story about a seminary professor who, uh, who taught Christians for years, uh, forbearance, it says for 40 years, and he retired. It says, occupying himself in his retirement, he poured a new concrete driveway at his house. Finished, he went in to rest and to get a glass of iced tea. He returned later to view his proud achievement, and he discovered that the neighborhood kids were there putting their footprints in the wet concrete. The angry professor chased the kids down in a rage. He whooped the tar out of them, all of them that he could catch. And hearing the commotion, the professor's wife rushed into the yard, saw the angry professor thrashing the kids, and she began to reprimand him. She said, what a shame. For 40 years, you've taught love, forgiveness, and forbearance. And now look, you've lost your testimony. Which his reply was, that was all in abstract. This was in concrete. Now... What is abstract? Abstract, if you look, that definition says uh, existing in thought only, but having no physical or concrete existence. Something that's theoretical, but separated from everything else. You know, sometimes that's where we are in love, aren't it? You know, Jake preached this morning on love, but, you know, that, that, that was just abstract, But when Christ says we're to love one another, that's that physical, concrete existence of love. He desires that we have that in a church. He desires that we have that in a home. You know, when we as a church love as Christ loved, I think we'll be amazed at all God can do through this church. Let's bow our heads together.